Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Thursday, the 26th of October, moving right along through we this are. month and this trading week. Um, look, uh, about the day that was, Jules, what are your takeaways? Well, I think when we woke up and saw what had happened on Wall Street with those big tech players, yeah. so even with Meta being a bit of a beat, its shares fell in after hours trade, and then of course you had Alphabet very much under pressure, we knew it wasn't going to be a good day, and certainly that seems like what we've seen. It's been a rough week, actually, I'd say. If we like, take a look at where the SIBO Australia Index has closed, as the last of the day's trades go through the S&P ASX 200, yeah, pretty negative, down by about seven-tenths of 1%. But to your point, tech was the real heavyweight yeah, absolutely. on the I local think market. Got Megaport down something like 18% on the close. So that is very much where you're seeing a lot of the weakness. But, you know, it's pretty hard to find any sector higher today. No. And then you throw into the mix the fact that we've got a real fight on our hands when it comes to inflation. Not only did we hear that from our own central bank governor, Michelle Bullock, today, of course, who was fronting that uh, an economics committee, Senate economics yeah. committee, I should say. But even if you put it in global perspective, I mean, yes, the Bank of Canada, for example, did leave rates on hold overnight. But they said that there's a risk, a real risk of inflation you know, running mm, away mm. once again. Very, very hot inflation. And we saw that in the CPI data yesterday. And Michelle Bullock, we've heard from twice this week. Yeah. So we heard before the CPI print, and then we've heard after when she said that she's still very wary of it. And of course, as she said several times, they will not hesitate to raise if they feel like they need to. And Westpac's changed its view as well. So it was the one holdout yesterday in the wake of that inflation data. But today now expects an interest rate hike to come through on Melbourne Cup Day. And that's with Lucy Ellis leading the economics team. And of course, she is former RBA. Yes. So quite an about face there. Um, we've talked about that tech tumble. But mm. uh, in part, you know, you talked about it, U.S. earnings. But we've got, you know, more U.S. earnings tonight. We've got Amazon tonight. For us locally to keep an eye on, we've got ResMed Portly as well. Ooh, we know what happened yeah, last time yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as you've highlighted as well, the ECB looming. So a hurdle for a rate hike there potentially high as well. All right. So that is setting the scene just to get you across some of the numbers uh, on your screen, the all tech index, the Infotech index here. I mean, block down by 8%. Some would just put that to the side regardless, but mm. Wise Tech Global down by 2.2. And that's been a consistent outperformer as well as, you know, the quality tech everyone touts. Uh, Technology One down by close to 3%. Having a look at the real estate uh, REITs, I should say, because this is, of course, interest rate sensitive as well. They were all lower. Stockland off by about 2%. GPT down 2.6%. Mervac off by 3.2%. And into the telco space, often a little bit of a defensive area of the market. Aussie broadband is up by about 1.7%. Um, but I do think it's worthwhile pointing out that there were 10 
of 11 sectors lower today. Consumer staples was one such sector and utilities was the only sector with a little bit of positivity. Again, usually seen as a bit of a defensive area yeah, of the market. And you, we just had a flip there of Coles. Its share price was actually higher. Actually, that's probably coming through in our top corporate story. So hold on, we'll tell you about that in a Go second. Ahead. I'd like to learn. We had Woolies yesterday, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so both Coles <laughs> and Woolies seeing some of these food inflationary pressures easing somewhat. But what I thought was really interesting about Coles, and I'm stealing this headline from the Sydney Morning Herald, very clever. Remember that ad that used to say price is going down, down, down. Well, apparently shoppers are trading down, down, down in terms of looking for more budget-friendly yeah. products. So they're swapping the champagne for the Prosecco. They're shopping, swapping some of the higher-end, you know, potential bread bands for the, the local Coles brand. And uh, Coles did see its sales up by about 4% on the quarter. Yeah, interesting to note, you know, market darling, you know the trope, one of the best-run retailers in the world, I'm told time and time again. JB Hi-Fi updated the market, dropping more, well, one point it was down by about one percent slowing in sales mm. so that's um you know that's the first time we've seen slowing sales there for quite some time and just julia uh, juliet oh, i've called you every version yeah. of that name today my Vivian? brain's slow no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Azure Minerals, yeah. they're up 44%, and this is on this uh, $1.63 billion sale to Chile's SQM. So, of course, just continuing on this hot lithium uh, movement. And in street talk, you know, we've got to talk about uh, the chatter out there. Um, the Finn reporting that Gina Reinhardt uh, is looking to spoil the bid for Azure Minerals. So we've got apparently Gina Reinhardt looking to creep up the register there is Euroz buying stock at bid levels in uh, Azure. And so interesting. I mean, she's obviously got quite a lot of cash to splash around. Mm, we know, richest person in Australia, because she's also, you know, taking her uh, power to Liontown Resources at the same time. So really interesting to see those market dynamics and M&A for some of these mineral plays mm. coming through. All right, Pilbara Minerals are down by 1% on the close. And uh, what else did we have in terms of some of the company news? Well, of course, the Westpac coming through today, and that was really interesting in terms of, was it 173 million? Yeah, yeah. in, in um, yeah, write basically yeah. write-downs coming through. But it's everything from customer remediation, I think, mm. and restructuring and everything else. So that was the stock of the day. Let's see what our expert guests had to say. My point of view, when all I could expect is a a, um, a negative return, mm. why would you want to own it? Yeah. And plus, they've got a lot of headwinds mm. going, going forward, as you said, with potential insolvencies. There's a whole yeah. range of stuff that hasn't hit yet. That it's the one that, if you're going to be in a big bank, CBA has a proven track record. It's a strong bank. It's a strong performer. It's a leading bank. Right. Westpac, not so much. Um, I'm actually just awaiting the, res the full results out on the 6th of November because then you can kind of dissect exactly what's going on. Today's obviously $173 million hit to the profit. It's not as bad as last year. Last year was $874 million hit to the profit. But again, big banks aren't where I play. Let's bring in our special guest, yes. shall we? Fraser McLeod from Shuron Partners joins us. And just having a look in terms of uh, some of your bearish and bullish calls on the market, we've been talking so much about lithium, but uranium, Fraser, also a very hot play. Yeah, uh, I mean, 
uh, very hot at the moment, uh, uraniums, and um, and probably uh, not paying too much attention to the macro, which is good uh, for those who are long uranium equity stocks. Um, but uh, yeah, I think all of us are quite tempting to to almost watch your screen and sit on your hands. That's probably why the, the, there are lower levels in in recent weeks of uh, of volumes going through markets because you know many investors and many generalist investors just simply can't decide uh, which way to jump on this market. So we've got um. The real, um, you know, true hard to ignore bearish points of uh, of longer term yields are really starting to bite, and they, that that sort of higher for longer narrative is it's almost just turning into the you know the medicine that we just can't stomach anymore. So um, that alongside you know oil prices going up, that's bad for markets in general, uh, unless you're in energy directly, you know, reaping the benefits there. And um, and uh, you know the, this just this uh, deglobalization trend, the, the fact that you know geopolitics are are looking in a bad place and getting worse, and um, you know you only need to look at the, the White House and the, the more ramping up of restrictions towards uh, towards China and, uh, and what tech they're able to to access or not, uh, and then on the on the flip side, well you know maybe some of the comments you could kind of say well Powell was was perhaps being a little bit dovish or more than he had been in the past reading between the lines and. Uh, and we even in Australia and overseas we have these uh, consumers who seem to just you know keep buying, especially if you're you're older and you're not in a lot of debt. And uh, so we have this um, you know no landing or soft landing narrative, which is uh, which is alive and well. And um, and you know if you were if you're around as a as a as a broker advising clients, you know back in 2009 2010, you just can't write off China. You can't write off stimulus in China. Um, they've got plenty of levers that they they could pull at any moment, and then you know suddenly you're off. Um, it's been it's also been a very 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 crowded market on defensive. So a lot of the defensives kind of look really expensive, and um, and a lot of the stuff that really should be holding all of that cyclical risk is probably looking quite cheap. So uh, yeah, in in some resources names, you know, like the uraniums, um, uh, you uh, you might see a lot of um, generalist money come flowing back in really quite quickly. Um, on the uranium names, if you want me to write yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. Please tell us what you're interested in. Um, look, you know, so we have been very active over the past few years and, uh, and you know, many years ago saw that uh, that uh, the uranium market was completely washed out. And uh, and ultimately, if you if you scratch your head and, and, and look at the numbers and, well, this is your uranium was not dead. I mean, we, there, there are plenty of nuclear power stations in the world. But they're not going to be turned off. Uh, you know, Fukushima was more than 10 years ago. And uh, and the, the Chinese are, are building out a, an enormous amount of new nuclear power stations. They're all going to have to be fueled. So on, on one side, the, the, the demand side is very, very easy to recognize. There's no getting away from it. The demand is definitely there it's definitely growing and uh, and it needs to be fed where it's going to be fed from however because there's been no investment in the industry in the whole sector over the past um, 10 years or more so um, well that's that's becoming a, a real problem a real problem if you're a utility you need that guaranteed supply and you'll pretty much be forced to, to pay up for it now there was lots and lots of uranium lots of fuel that was sloshing around in market over the course of the last few years that uh, that kept prices very very low pretty much artificially low and uh, and utilities just gorged on that um, so they had long-term contracts. They had the ability to be able to to increase volume on those contracts without affecting the price that they would pay. But um, and they they have done. Um, but the the price that they are now paying is well, where are they going to find that that new supply from? And uh, and they can't find it. So what we are finding, what is moving the uranium market in terms of everyone looks at the spot price. The spot price is a guide only. 90% or more than 90% of the true volume that is uh, burnt within nuclear power stations is um, is contracted 
where do you get your contract to supply from? Well, it has to come from New Mine or somewhere. And um, the, the the real names that are going to be able to pretty much definitely contribute towards the um, the, uh, the the next um, cycle over the course of say the, the next year or eighty months on on of providing that supply. There's a tiny amount of names um, for, in the world that uh, of listed names in the world that are going to be able to supply those um, those uh, volumes of uh, of new uranium coming onto the market and being contracted. Names like uh, Paladin, which has had a great run over the course of the last couple of years and is, is running away again. Now we value that stock about $1.10. Now they own 75% of the Langer Heinrich mine. It is probably the most liquid name that you can get on, on our market here in Australia with the biggest market cap. Um, it's high quality, well produced, great management, and um, and they're on budget. Their balance sheet is very strong. We had a couple of capital raisings following quite close to the story, but um, it, they they were pricing in ninety dollar a pound uranium in recent times. Um, uh, but they've got plenty of other projects that they've yet to develop as well. So uh, we like that one a lot. Uh, remains a buy in our eyes. Uh, then you've got um, you can buy exposure to next gen. Now that um, globally is a, is becoming a well known story, probably less so here in Australia. But they do over the past few years they, they have their now their uh, their, their CDI, so they have a, effectively a secondary listing or third listing. They're listed in New York. They're also listed as a Canadian company. They're listed on the Toronto market. Uh, much bigger volumes go through there. But we do have our CDI, which is um, uh, under the code of NXG. Now. That's probably the most exciting project um, it, when it gets off the ground. They are still awaiting the final federal Canadian environmental perm- permitting. They've made a very, very good job over the past few years of taking the indigenous population with them uh, in obviously to get that one on track. Um, it certainly is on track. It's a massive project, very low cost. Um, the, the payback on this one is uh, within 11 months, and the free cash flow figures are in the billions of Canadian dollars. Um, they could um, produce, once they're up and running, they could produce 10% of the, the world's global need for uranium. Um, so watch the space there. Um, then we've got uh, you know old names that did really really well in the, the last bull run you know over a decade ago. Uh, stocks like uh, like Bannerman. Uh, you see them starting to to really flow um, at times when the, uh, the the spot price is now really knocking on the door of seventy five dollars a pound, and um, and then you know probably the the darling of our market over the course of the the last few months especially and really has been leading the pack has been uh, a name like uh, like Boss Energy, which is uh, obviously the honeymoon project based here in in South Australia. Their their valuation maybe got a bit ahead of itself. Um, um, you know they'll, they'll probably grow back into that valuation down the track again. They, they were pricing in you know a very high uh, price of uranium for the for the current valuation, but I, I think it, it's going to take um, it's going to take a while. But once those generalist investors um, and it's probably happening now, once those generalist investors come come back into the market, it's such a small equity market which makes it so exciting because you only need mm-hmm. a, a little bit of global generous money to come back in and um, and suddenly those market caps you know just uh, shoot on the upside. All right, Fraser, thank you so much for joining us today. Uranium drumbeat, you've been beating it for a while. And look, you're getting more and more on board. All right. See you, Fraser. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so um, when we think about tonight, it is a big one. But before we get there, market leaders and laggards. And let's see, IDP Education, Super Retail, that was on the call the other day. Quality Retailer again, always mentioned as such. Yeah, and there was a broker upgrade from su- for Super Retail today. I uh-huh. cannot remember which one it was, but there was definitely a broker upgrade for that uh, company. And uh, Coronado Global Resources often in there, it's up 2.4%. Let's have a look at the laggards. 
Yeah, Beach, I was just going to point out, it had its quarterly yesterday and the other brokers out in the wake of that. So Megaport, you mentioned it earlier. Um, look, it's interesting to note we've got a broker out saying that it could still beat its FY earnings expectations. Coming out today from City, saying that its strong margins suggest potential for the communications tech provider, saying that its first quarter customer growth was weaker, though, than soft forecast, but reckons that currency moves could help the company beat its 190 to $195 million revenue guidance. That note in the commentary, not enough to help it today. No, and uh, just looking at those lag ads now, Megaport, as we mentioned, on the weakness that you saw in the US tech space. So it was the worst performer on the market today, set down 17.4%. Block, we mentioned, also being dragged lower. Uh, yeah, Bank of Queensland, ex-div. Bank of Queensland, ex-dividend down 5.3%. So, um, small caps? Well, I didn't present the small caps today. That's usually where I get a little bit of my info for the segment. Um, but Andrew did. Should we bring him in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Invictus, uh, Invictus Energy up 16%. Playside Studios up by about 13%. And a quick look at the laggards there. Dread Nought Resources down 8.8%. Okay, so um, when we think about tonight, what's to come tonight, we always do that first. We've got the ECB. Uh, we do have jobless claims coming up tonight and what was sort of the piece de la resistance uh, so far this week in the States, we've got the GDP read coming through as well. Yeah, definitely. That is the key one. The US quarter GDP read jobless claims as well, durable goods orders. You've got a number of companies coming through with earnings as well. Amazon, Ford, Intel, McDonald's, Merck, MasterCard, UPS. And uh, we're just having a look there on the screen about what we should look out for tomorrow and over the weekend as well with those China industrial profits for September. I think it's worthwhile to note, though, on the corporate front, we do have a few things happening here today as well. We've got the car sales, AGM that's happening. We do have Fletcher Building holding its AGM. We've got a whole heap of, um, you know, smaller earnings report, including Vulcan. But we mentioned it off the top. We do get ResMed earnings as well. So it's been such a divisive stock. Obviously, it's seen, uh, you know, exponential selling, a lot of which is being attributed to Zempic, those mm. weight loss drugs. Um, but then there's those, you know, that we speak to who say it's just a screaming buy, you know, when it's sold off to this extent. So we'll get a little bit of color I was on the bones. talking, I mean, you cannot get away from this Zempic narrative. Danny and I talk about it daily. But I was talking to Ted Alexander from BML earlier today and he was telling me one of his friends is on it, but it hasn't stopped him because I asked him the impact of the consumer yeah. stocks. You know, Coca-Cola is sort of putting it in their um, outlook now. Kellogg's has said as well, Walmart has said the impact. He said, look, this person might be eating less, but he's still downing the pint. He said he was an Ausbiz <laughs> viewer and he'd know who he was. So maybe it doesn't affect some of those consumer stocks as much as we think. Oh, well, there's one to, yeah, that's very live anyways. It's the new AI in this reporting season for yeah. a lot of companies as well, although AI is still featuring and cloud mm. still featuring a lot in these tech reports of which we'll get Amazon tonight. So that's a big one that we'll be talking about tomorrow when we're live on air. If you didn't miss any of the interviews today that uh, you know we've done, we'd hope you could go online, osbiz.com.au, and you can always check them out in catch-up form. Yes, indeed. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm.